0: Welcome to the q and Podcast. Each episode, we take a look back at a week's worth of news in Queens. I'm Jacob Kay.
1: And I'm Angela Cazavedo. Today on the show, we go inside the first Queensboro President's Debate.
0: Also, plans to develop Sunnyside Yards have upset community members. Why they're upset and what they're going to do about it.
1: And we head over to a town hall hosted by State Senator Jessica Ramos.
0: Let's burrow in. So a date hasn't been set yet, but pretty soon after the new year, we'll vote for the next Queensborough president. Just as a reminder, this is a special election because the current Queensboro president, Melinda Katz, was recently elected to be the borough's next district attorney. It's going to be a quick election cycle. The vote will likely take place sometime in February. But for the first time in this race, all the declared candidates got on one stage and laid out their respective visions for the future of Queens. Was my name
2: is Anthony Miranda. I am not a, a career politician.
0: And... Hi, right, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Costa Constantinides, and I'm ready for be your next Queensboro president. And...
2: Hello, good afternoon. My name is Alicia Hindman. I am currently an assembly member of the 29th District, which is Southeast Queens.
0: Also, Elizabeth Crowley.
2: Hello, good afternoon. I want to thank the organizers, uh, those who are here today
0: in the audience, I look forward to a good discussion about the
2: issues and
0: how we can make Queens a better, more fair, and equitable place to live and raise a
1: family.
2: And... I'm New York City Councilmember Donovan Richards, and I got my start in politics 17 years ago as a 19-year-old big-eared kid from Southeast Queens. And finally... My name is Jimmy Van Bramer, and I'm not only a council member, I am first and foremost an organizer.
0: Speaking at a forum in Forest Hills, the candidates began the fight to be the next borough president. But the punches were mostly thrown in one direction, towards Katz. The candidates were asked what they do differently from their predecessor and also what they admired about her. But they all chose to focus on the former.
2: When you give me an opportunity to be your borough president, things are gonna change.
0: You're gonna see somebody that's gonna say, we're not getting our fair share here in Queens and it's our time to shine. That was Elizabeth Crowley. She served in the city council from 2009 until 2017. She said that she would kickstart new train projects to make travel in the borough more efficient. Crowley also mentioned that she would help make community boards more diverse, something she feels cats didn't do a good enough job doing. While the borough president's job is mainly advisory, one of their big responsibilities is appointing community board members. Councilmember Donovan Richards echoed Crowley's sentiment.
2: Where I think uh, that area, I think that could have used a little bit more improvement is really uh, the community boards. And I'll talk about diversity once again of the community boards. I wish that was an area um, that she took a lot more ownership in.
0: Councilman Jimmy Van Brammer took the hardest line against Katz. —
2: So as the only elected official on this stage who endorsed Tiffany Kuban for district attorney... I understandably have a lot of issues with Borough President Melinda Katz. He
0: said he didn't like the way politics were played under the current Borough President, making reference to the Queen's Democratic machine. She supported Amazon
2: HQ2 and came out endorsing HQ2 without even talking to me. Uh, That is the work that she often did in this borough, which was, and I disagree with my colleague, uh, uh, the funding and the way in which the funding was allocated wasn't actually equitable or fair. It was done with respect to politics and political relationships who was his favorite? who wasn't his favorite? That's how communities in the long run can hurt, and I fundamentally disagree with how she did that job.
0: Anthony Miranda is the retired president of the Latino Officers Association. As the only non-politician running for the seat, he said he wants a Queensboro president who is more in touch with the people.
2: I'm not a politician for nature, right? I am a community activist who come to the table saying that there's a long time change and what's been suffering, my family's been experiencing suffering, is the same thing that all the people in the community are suffering, and we're asking for the same relief.
0: City Councilman Costa Constantinides agrees. He wants more satellite offices across the borough so that people can see their borough president inside their own neighborhood. We missed an opportunity to be in the neighborhoods,
2: to have satellite offices, to have a staff that is not only giving out citations, but be in the neighborhoods of a diverse community and speak those languages throughout Queens.
0: State Assemblymember Alicia Hindman mentioned that she would improve the relationship the borough president has with small businesses, a population mentioned fairly infrequently by the rest of the candidates.
2: And I think it's important that our borough president works diligently with small business services and business improvement in districts so that small businesses that we know that we frequent are successful. Because a lot of the time, small businesses are people that you know in the communities. And you'll understand that with rising rents and, and, and new bus miles that reduce foot traffic, sometimes that takes away businesses and businesses close.
0: We'll keep you up to date as the Queensboro President Race continues.
1: Right before Thanksgiving, a group of community advocates and leaders organized a rally to demand that all public officials and city agencies stop plans to develop Sunnyside Yards. In particular, they called out the New York City Economic Development Corporation, or the EDC. That's the agency who's spearheading the billion-dollar development project. Right now, the EDC says they're still in the process of developing their master plan, but it's looking like they want to create new land on top of the rail yard in the form of a deck similar to what was done in Hudson Yards. The EDC thinks this will be the best way to keep one of the busiest rail yards in the country running while creating a whole new neighborhood right above it.
3: This is Western Queens, where spineless city lawmakers have for decades coddled unscrupulous and unethical New York City real estate developers to the point that they paved the way for one of those developers to become president of the United States. This is Western Queens, And these are the conditions that we as a community
2: have to live with
1: every day. That's Nicholas Velkov, an executive committee member of Justice for All Coalition, a development watchdog group in Western Queens. The Justice for All Coalition was joined by Stop Sunnyside Yards, Woodside on the Move, Take Back NYC, and other residents of Astoria, Woodside, and Sunnyside. They all came together to present a petition signed by 43 organizations and small business owners from across the five boroughs. The petition called for a moratorium on all major new developments and rezonings in Queens and outlined issues that they think should be addressed before the city invests tens of billions of dollars into Sunnyside Yards. Some of the things they'd rather see, repairing and restoring safe and adequate infrastructure that serves the community, repairing NYCHA housing and securing permanent fair housing for the homeless, reforming the land use process and creating a democratic system that is truly community driven, and they also want to abolish the EDC and eliminate the involvement of real estate and city planning. During the rally, lots of community advocates said that the proposed plans would eventually displace loved ones, raise rents, and cause further environmental damage. Most importantly, they said that they don't want to see another Hudson Yards in Queens. Emily Sharp, a nonprofit attorney who founded the group Stop Sunnyside Yards, believes that the EDC's plans are just not feasible.
2: And they're using our money that we want to be spent on us here now. Why would we want to spend money to displace ourselves? It doesn't make much sense. Right? Was billion. They say $20 billion, it's going to be more like $100 billion. If Hudson Yards was $25 billion, it's going to be $100 billion. And so if they can find that money, as de Blasio says, there's enough money out there, it's just in the wrong hands. Well, we know that's true.
1: Last week, the EDC held a webinar to go over their plans, which they say keep in mind transportation needs, public spaces, and will be environmentally conscious. They also stress that they've engaged the community. They say they've had meetings with organizations and community groups since last year in order to create a plan that benefits the existing neighborhood. They told me they're gonna release a formal plan in winter 2020. In the meantime, if you want to see a copy of the presentation from the last meeting, you can go to their website, (laughs) sunnysideyard.nyc.
0: We're joined by reporter Max Parrott. He recently went to a town hall hosted by State Senator Jessica Ramos in East Elmhurst. Thanks for sitting down with us, Max. Thanks for having me. Before we get started, can
3: you just tell us a little bit about who State Senator Jessica Ramos is? Yes. So um, Senator Jessica Ramos, she is a uh, freshman in the uh, State Senate. She, she has been very outspokenly progressive, a member of the, the recent faction of folks who were uh, pressing for, for the rent reforms and the New York State Green New Deal. And she also was one of the um, members of Queens Lawmakers who came out in support of Tiffany Caban the uh you know left-wing uh, decarceral district attorney candidate um and so she's kind of a progressive rising star and i mean just to give you a sense of like what that means she there there's a count there's a twitter account that that is uh named jessica ramos for governor and it's a parody account but this is just to give you some context on like how she's received in left-wing circles So we saw a lot of the issues
0: we've been covering here on the show come up during Ramos's town hall. And we hope that you could share a little bit about what you heard. Sure. On our last episode, we spoke a lot about the air train.
3: What did Ramos have to say about that project? So this came up in the Q&A after after her presentation is actually one of the last questions. Um, And essentially what... Ramos said was that it just isn't for us, meaning the people of Jackson Heights and East Elmhurst, the the communities that surround LaGuardia Airport, and that it's more aimed at getting people from Long Island or Manhattan to and from the airport. Um, she did not um, specify whether there's like an alternative that she is in favor of. She just said that this is going to be a fight that will probably be ramping up over the next couple of weeks. We've talked a little bit about criminal justice reform in recent episodes as
0: well. And I heard that someone at the town hall asked Ramos about bail reform. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, sure. So um, basically, this was the first question that was posed to her. And it was a constituent who was specifically worried about the the violent Felonies that there is a small subsection of them that are included in the uh, bail reform law, and basically she was asking whether the Ramos would be willing to, you know, delay the implementation of this law, repeal it basically, in in order to take those out. And Ramos was pretty firm. Um, she said basically, you know, that she's not going to do that. And ba- she talked about the, the, the context of, um, you know, her belief that, that uh, bail reform has always been a way to over-police poor communities, specifically aimed at um, low-income folks, um, and, and it has a, a racist history.
0: And lastly, uh, Ramos said that she received some money. What's that money going to be for?
3: Yes. So she got SAM money, um, which stands for State and Municipal Facilities Funding. Um, She said that she got $3.5 million. Um, And the big announcement of the night, as she put it, was that she is uh, creating a clinic that has doctors in East Elmhurst. Um, in her district, and this is significant because the there is a relatively close hospital, East Elmhurst Hospital, but is is outside of her district, so it's it's like just on the border, and um, this would uh, basically create a a um, medical facility for a lot of people who need it. Well, thanks for talking to us. No problem.
0: Looking for something to do this week? We got you covered.
1: It's the holiday season and we got a few holiday themed things for you to do.
0: Come to the Queens County Farm Museum for a wreath-making workshop on Saturday, December 14th. The workshop runs from 10am to 3pm. All materials will be provided, but it's recommended that you bring your own gardening shears. Tickets are $20 for members and $25 for non-members.
1: Head over to Common Point, Queens, Sandfield Center on Sunday, December 15th for a Hanukkah and winter celebration. There will be a bounce house, arts and crafts, games, balloon art, face painting, and more. Tickets are $5 for children two years or older with a $15 maximum per family, and it takes place from 1 to 3.30 p.m.
0: Santa's funny. At least, that's what QED in Astoria thinks. Come by the comedy venue on Wednesday, December 18th at 7.30 p.m., and you can watch Mr. Claus preside over a hilarious debate about miracles. Tickets are $7.
1: That's our show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to head to QNS.com to get more Queens news. This episode was produced by Jacob Kay, co-written and co-hosted by me, Angela Casavello, and Jacob, who also edited and mixed the show. Our reporters are Jenna Bakal, Emily Davenport, Kalata Mohammed, Bill Perry, Max Parrott, and me. Our editor is Zach Goelb. Music by Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is brought to you by Schnepp's Media.